Hello, so I'm, like Jessica said, my name is Kirsten, um, and I am the associate director here at the house, so I'm um, glad you are all here on this weird, rainy, I don't know, it's kind of inside all day, so I missed all that um, day, but, um, so the crazy thing about this week for me is that um, a year ago, actually this week, so we all before the house, there's a group of us that pray um, and just share our requests, pray for you guys, um, and just pray for our lives together. And exactly a year ago, I was asking everyone for prayer for my really, really great friend. Um, so a year ago, my friend Jolie went into labor. And so she went to the hospital in labor, and as soon as she got there, the nurse realized that Wesley, her baby, his umbilical cord was tied around his neck, and so he was choking. Um, so they took him quickly in, um, took her quickly in for a C-section. He was born, but he was born not breathing. So the nurse was able to resuscitate him and quickly took him to the NICU. And meanwhile, um, my friend Julie was recovering, but then started feeling really sick. And she had an infection that had taken over her body. And within the course of a week, she went through three surgeries and looked death in the face multiple times. However, the great, great news, the miracle of this story is that just on Sunday, I got to text Jolie and say, happy you are alive, aversary. And I got to then go birthday gift shopping for Wesley for his one-year-old birthday party. And for me, I, I, love, I love giving gifts so much. So I was like, okay, it has to be a really great gift. So what did I get for a one-year-old but a life-size ninja turtle? Okay, great, yeah. Because what one-year-old doesn't need a five-foot ninja turtle? Yep, there it is. Um, it came along with its own pizza slices, its own ninja stars, <clears throat> swords, and all of that. So I give this ninja turtle, it is folded up, it is in a box, and I give it to Jolie, and I say, okay, if you want to set it up for his birthday party, that would be great. So we get to his birthday party, and it is still folded up and still like in the plastic wrap, and she was like, it kind of looks hard to put together, so I don't know, you want to help me? So, um, I'm not very good at reading directions. Uh, I don't think she's very good at reading directions either. So, we started to put this thing together. And, you know, it doesn't look that complicated, but it was really hard. Um, we got really frustrated and we're getting really impatient. And at one point, like, we got it on its knees. And so, we're like, a three-foot Ninja Turtle's fine, right? Well, that'll be fine. Like, no, it's five foot, we'll try. So we get it all five feet, but then we can't like, get it to stand up. And so we're like, we'll just leave it laying down. And we're like, we need to stop being so impatient and frustrated. We need to just like set it, set it up. So finally we get it. Um, and I would like to say that like all of the work that we put into it was totally worth it because of Wesley's face when he saw the Ninja Turtle, but he's one. All he cared about was putting that Ninja Star in his mouth. He didn't care. Huh. But for the rest of us, clearly, it's more exciting to have it standing up than it is to have it just sitting in its box. And for all of us, we have been given an ability to access God's goodness. Yet, many of us, like I did 
with this ninja turtle, don't take advantage and don't access his goodness. The scripture tonight has given us tools to find his goodness by asking and seeking and seeking first his kingdom. Yet, instead of being people that experience this goodness, often we leave it laying because we are too frustrated and too impatient to experience it. So I'm gonna read the scripture again just to get it in our mind and I'm gonna pray for us tonight. Can you pop that back up there? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. If any of you whose son asks for bread, you don't give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, you don't give him a serpent. But if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more then does your Father in heaven know how to give good gifts, good things to the ones who ask? Um, let's pray. Father God, um, very, very, very thankful that you are our Father. Um, gosh, I don't. <laughs> I'm really glad that you are our Father. Thank you for that. I, I pray um, that we may encounter your goodness tonight. I pray that my words would make sense, that my mind would make sense, um, and that your goodness would be so clear. Pray this in your name, amen. So we have been given the ability to access God's goodness by asking. We've been given the ability to access God's goodness through a relationship and through a relationship that allows us freedom to ask. I believe that one of the most desired things, one of the things that all humans desire is to be heard. That from the most introverted introvert to the most extroverted extrovert, we all want to be heard. When we feel like people aren't actually listening to us, aren't giving us a chance to really explain what we are meaning, when they're interrupting us, we feel very little. So the fact that God here says, I want you to ask, he knows what we want, he knows what we need. What if he's asking us to ask because he says, I want to hear you. I want to listen to you. That's so good in itself that the God of the universe wants to listen and hear us. And then he doesn't stop there. He says, I want to hear you and I want to respond to you. And this is the place where some of us get frustrated like, God, I have asked you for things and I haven't heard you respond. I'm still waiting. God, I've asked you for things and you haven't given them to me. God, I've asked you for things and you've given me something totally other. And so we begin to remember as we think, okay, I'm supposed to ask you. And we remember, remember this disappointment we felt when we didn't get what we were asked for. And we begin to remember this hurt and this frustration so we don't want to go back there again. 
So we say we're not gonna ask and we're gonna leave this gift there on the floor. And sometimes we don't ask for this gift that he promised us when we ask because we're afraid we're gonna ask for it in the wrong way. We feel this pressure to say the perfect words and to ask for exactly the right thing. And so because we feel this pressure and we don't feel this freedom, we we don't ask because we're scared we're gonna do it wrong. Or sometimes we leave that there on the floor and we don't ask because we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed that if we ask for something silly or, or not, not right, that maybe God will be ashamed of us and disappointed in us. So we don't ask. And ultimately what all of this is saying when we are not asking, what it comes down to is a lack of trust on our end. We feel safer keeping these desires to ourselves. We can control them. We can make sure that if we ask for something it doesn't happen, that we're not hurt. So we don't trust God with these things. And think about it, when you guys do this with anybody, you don't ask people you don't trust. You're not gonna ask your professor a question if you think that he's gonna respond and laugh at you because the question was too silly. You don't ask somebody for dating advice if you don't trust their dating advice. You don't ask somebody to help you on a project if you think that you can do better than they can on that. We all do this with God and with each other. When we don't ask, we begin to run ourselves ragged. My best friend right now is planning her wedding for May and she is a wedding planner by profession, and so she is having a lot of trouble asking for help and releasing trust to all of us. She's planning her own shower and demanding that she is there to set up the whole entire wedding as opposed to letting us help out. And this day that is supposed to be so exciting and relaxing for her is gonna end up being really stressful and exhausting because she is not asking for this help. And ultimately, when we're not trusting God, when we're not asking for his help, what we're saying is that we believe that our goodness is better than his. And the interesting thing is in these three verses, what Jesus is actually doing here is he's trying to say that God is trustworthy. In three verses, he's saying God can be trusted because he will listen to you. And he will respond to you. He will provide for you. He will give you really, really good things, things that are better than anything that anybody else can give you. He will be a great father to you. He will be good. All three of those verses are packed with him saying that he can be trusted. So when we actually trust God, when we say, okay, I'm gonna believe these things and we begin to ask, we begin to experience freedom. We begin to experience the freedom a little kid has with their parents. You see kids being like, mom, why is a banana yellow? 
Mom, why do I look funny when I stick my tongue out? Mom, why can't I tie my shoes? There's no questions that are wrong. They feel the freedom to ask anything. And we, when we begin to ask him, we'll begin to experience this freedom to ask him anything. Brandon Hatmaker says this, that he believes that God is more offended when we don't ask him than when we ask him the wrong thing. And when we begin to ask God, we begin to trust him more and more because we are offering, offering him more of our own desires and seeing what he does with them. And as he responds and is faithful, we begin to trust him more. Because when we ask him for something, what we're doing is giving him these ideas, these dreams, these desires of ours and being like, what are you gonna do with them? Do you really have better for me? And it is when we step into this and when we trust him, that we see, okay, you told me to transfer to UTC, but none of my friends are here. So why am I, why am I here? This makes no sense. But you follow him and you begin to see that his goodness appears more and more throughout all of this. See, we have the ability to access God's goodness when we ask because we find a very trustworthy father. And we have the ability to access God's goodness when we seek. When I was in college, my sorority had a mixer one night where we played hide and go seek on the University of Washington campus with a fraternity. And my friend and I thought, we will hide so well. And so we hide up in a tree. And we were in this tree for a really long time. And um, Eventually, after what had felt like forever, which, you know, not getting to flirt with the frat boys and sitting in a tree with your friend always feels like forever, um, we decided let's just get out of the tree and go back to the shorty. So we go back to the house, and sure enough, the hide-and-go-seek game had been over for an hour, and we had just been sitting in this tree. Uh, yeah, oftentimes, when we read that scripture, we think that this seeking is going to be just this quick game of hide-and-go-seek. We don't at all expect that it will be long. But when our seeking is long, when the journey is long, that is okay. Because it is in the journey, it is in the seeking that we find God. And we get so impatient. We're like, why can you not tell me right now who it is that I'm going to marry? I swear, God, if you tell me who I'm going to marry, I'll chill out and I will be fine. Just tell me now. Or God, why don't you explain to me why this had to happen to me? I just need to know right now why I had to go through this pain. Or God, why did you tell that person to do that. I don't understand. Tell me now. I want to know now. But oftentimes when we want to know right now, what we will be missing out is the seeking, and it is in the seeking itself that we are finding God's goodness. Because God wants us to participate with him. 
Can you imagine every time you went to a movie if you knew the ending and every single step in between? It would totally make your movie watching experience way worse, right? It wouldn't be very exciting. And I'll tell you, even though some of you are like, I just want to know all the answers, that your life would be so much more boring if you, <laughs> so much more, your life is not boring, your life would be boring. Um, <laughs> um, but life would not be so exciting if we knew all of the little details. And God wants us to participate in this journey and in the seeking because he wants to do it with us because he wants a relationship with us. And we watch all in the Bible, so many characters being about seeking. We see Sarah, did that splash everywhere? <laughs> Sick, y'all. All right, um, so we watch Sarah Seek for 90, 90 years a son. That is a long time. We watch Jacob seek for 14 years after his wife. We see the Hebrews wander in the desert for 40 years. And none of these people at all got immediately what they were looking for. But what they did get right away was the Spirit of God. They got this relationship. And when we seek, we get this relationship as well. And we begin to experience dependence on God. We experience this dependence, especially when the journey in the seeking is long. And we are finding that it is not our future and those questions that we had to have right now, who we're going to marry, what our job is going to be, that are offering us that comfort, that are the goodness itself. But what we're finding is that it is God that is the goodness. It is God that is the comfort. And it is in that journey that we are discovering this dependence with him. And it is in this journey that we are not only discovering who God is, but we are discovering who we are as well. See, it takes some seeking to realize that, oh my gosh, God has changed me. He's building me up, he's equipping me, and he, maybe even through the seeking, you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I had these passions or these desires. And you would have had no idea you had any of these unless you would have been seeking. I know for me, I moved all the way from Seattle to Chattanooga, thinking I was coming to some small town, I don't know, I never heard of Chattanooga, Hickville or whatever. And so I show up here being like, okay God, I'm seeking after you, but I don't know why I'm, what I'm doing here. And it was in seeking him that I realized that I had a passion for college ministry. And 10 years later, thank goodness I discovered that passion through the seeking, I'm still here and still love college ministry. We have the ability to access God's goodness when we seek Him, because what we find is that this goodness is a relationship with Him. 
We have the ability to access God's goodness when we seek first his kingdom. Earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And it is in that context that we have to look at our scripture tonight. That it comes after, I want you to seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and then ask and you'll receive. And this context helps me in a lot of ways. But first it makes me wonder if maybe this scripture is a little bit of a warning for us. See, we had a retreat a few weeks ago and we had a counselor come and he told us this. He said, people will do what they want to do. And it made sense. If I want to work out, I'm gonna work out. If I want to eat a whole batch of brownies, I'll probably eat a whole batch of brownies. We do what it is that we want to do. And so if I am wanting something outside of God's kingdom, the likelihood of me going for that, if I'm not wanting to seek first his kingdom, I'm not doing that at all, I'm just wanting my own stuff. Let's say I want to make a ton of money. I bet you if I want to make a ton of money, I can go make a ton of money. I'll ask for it, I'll seek after it, I'll be very persistent about it, I'll do what I want. Or if I really want a relationship, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my whole world be about that. I'm gonna do what I want. And I wonder if when God says in Romans 9 that sometimes he lets us over to our own desires, that if we are wanting these things, we're gonna make them happen and we're gonna get what we want. We're gonna get this, we're gonna receive what we are asking for, but maybe not from God. Well, maybe we'll get what we want, but not what we need. In the context of seek first his kingdom really actually helps me understand this scripture so much more. Because originally I was like, okay, I don't really understand because if God says ask and you'll receive, okay, so I'm gonna ask for a Mercedes and he's gonna drop it off in my driveway. But like that doesn't make sense because Jesus is the one who preached this sermon, but he also is the one that said to his disciples, get rid of all of your possessions. And he's also the same Jesus that didn't have a home, that didn't really seem to care about material things um, or his safety, but so why would he want me to have this Mercedes dropped in my driveway? Or what if I were to say, God, I want you to kill this person? But he said, don't murder, so I don't understand why I would get somebody to die. Or if I wanted something that was really, really bad, it, it didn't make sense. And, and so to say, okay, when I ask, what I'm receiving must be in the context of seeking first his kingdom. For instance, if my husband, Jonathan, if I said to him, hey, happy Valentine's Day, you can have whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And he says, I'd like to sleep with some other people. I'll be like, oh, no. because that is outside of the context of our marriage. And so when we look at this passage, we're seeing that God wants to respond and wants to give us these things, but he's only gonna give us good things. So we must first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. 
And then this context also helps me a ton because we've just been talking about all of the commands in the Sermon on the Mount, like do not be angry, do not commit adultery, do not judge, do not be anxious. And all of these things seem like that they're hard. And so then I'm just so grateful that Jesus didn't just stop by being like, don't do these things, great. But that he's moved to this. He's saying these things are what, this is what my kingdom looks like. So, if you're seeking first my kingdom, I want you to ask how to not be judgmental. And I will respond to you. And I want you to seek what it looks like to not judge these people. Seek out counseling, seek out advice, seek out the wonderful things about these people you are judging. And I want you to be persistent about it. See, the goodness of God is found in him equipping us to live out the Sermon on the Mount. And if it's true that we get what we want, then it has to also be true that what we want can change. So when we begin to seek after God's kingdom, what's happening in us is that we're seeking it out and so our desires are changing because we're wanting the kingdom more than we're wanting other things. So we're desiring things that are about the kingdom more than the things that I am about. Our wants are changing. And I'm, I'm not saying in this, just stop asking God. And like I was saying, not at all. Like you don't have this pressure to, you have to ask him the most perfect thing. He said, I want you to ask. But maybe he's saying, okay, seek my kingdom. And I want you to ask alongside of that. Because these requests might change along the way. So if I'm seeking God and saying, God, I want a Mercedes, that's all I really want, but I'm seeking him, inside of me these desires are changing and maybe along the line, I'm like, God, I don't really want a Mercedes anymore. Actually, what I want is for the hungry to be fed. Or maybe, I'm like, God, I, I really want a boyfriend so bad. Okay, but I want a secret kingdom, but I want this boyfriend. And maybe what happens is that maybe I still want this boyfriend but maybe what I'm noticing is like, God, I, I want, I don't want to be lonely. I don't want others to be lonely. And this request changes as I'm seeking after his kingdom. And then the crazy part is oftentimes when we begin to desire those things, we begin to ask for those things, we begin to seek them as well. So I'm, God, please feed the hungry. Okay, so I start seeking after that, and I volunteer with the local missions, make a meal. I go to community kitchen. I become so persistent. Like, Guys, let us feed the hungry. Come on, we can do it. I'm like, God, I don't want people to be lonely. I don't want to be lonely. Okay, I'm going to go and seek after people that are by themselves, and I'm going to sit with them and ask them how they are. And what I'm seeing happen here is that my requests are actually being answered. I'm getting to participate in this whole kingdom story. Jonathan um, and I like to work out together and I um, always try to get him to go to yoga with me. And he like sometimes comes, um, but he's never really cared about flexibility until he started taking jujitsu. And um, 
In this martial art, it is necessary for him to be flexible. It is an attribute, it is something that is needed and looked highly upon for him to be flexible. And so, he has started stretching, he is working on his mobility, he wants to be flexible now. And it was not that he just woke up one day, I'm gonna be flexible. But he started wanting to be great at this martial art and thus the flexibility came alongside of it. And the same with us. When we are desiring the kingdom, when we are seeking after the kingdom, these desires within us will change as well. And when we are seeking the kingdom, we begin to see it all around us. But what does this kingdom look like? How do we seek it? Well, we first seek the king, Jesus. We begin to learn what he is about because what he is about is what the kingdom is about. We learn what he loves, what makes him so excited. We learn what makes him sad. We learn that he is about wholeness and healing and life. And so as we are in this relationship with him and we are knowing him and seeking the kingdom that when we are in these situations where we're asking God for the life of our friend who is dying and we are not seeing this person healed, we can still see goodness because God is mourning alongside of us. And when we are so angry because this job that we basically were promised, that we worked so hard for, did not come through, and we asked for that job, we can still see goodness because his Holy Spirit, we know, will journey with us wherever we may go. And when we are so heartbroken that this boy broke up with us, we still can see goodness because we know that God desires really good things for us. So in our heartbreak, in our mourning, in our sadness, we are still able to experience the goodness of God because the goodness is him. This whole entire passage all of it, saying that the goodness is a relationship with God, the goodness is Jesus, and that for those of us that have been in a relationship with Christ, that it's not just, okay, you have this relationship, you've unwrapped this gift, you're good to go, but that this relationship is a continual thing. Just like with your friendships, you have to continue to care about them and love them. It's the same with us. Even the words in this verse, ask, seek, and knock, they're present imperative verbs, words, um, that are meaning that they, you need to continue to do them, continually asking, continually seeking, continually knocking. And when we are continually in this relationship, what we are seeing are these really good gifts from God. Good gifts for each of us individually that communicate how much he loves each of you, how much he values you how much he knows you. And then we are seeing this gift from God that is the Holy Spirit that is with us all the time. And we are recognizing his even better gift 
this gift of himself, the gift of his forgiveness for all of our sin, the gift of salvation by his cross and resurrection, the gift that he says that death is not the final say, that he is conquering death and all of its friends and he has victory over it. And so I wonder for some of us who have asked for somebody's life and not received that, if that answer is still coming. Question for all of us tonight is, do we trust God? Do we trust him enough to ask? And do we believe that his goodness His good gifts are better than our goodness for ourselves. Can we proclaim Isaiah 55 that says, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Is his goodness better than ours? And if it is, if you believe this and trust him, start asking, start seeking, start knocking. Access his goodness. Take it off of the ground, unwrap it, put it up. Because it is good. In Luke, it says that Jesus says, it is my good pleasure to give them, to give you the kingdom. He wants to give it to you. Will you ask him? Tonight on all of your pews, there's a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. And what I want you guys to do with this Um, when I'm done, you can find the paper, it's blank. All right, so what I want you guys to do with the paper after this is I want you to ask God for something. I want us to be people that step into this command where he's saying, ask and I will give you good things. I want us to be able to ask freely. I don't care what you do with this paper. You can throw it away, you can give it to a friend, you can do whatever you want with it. But I want you to ask. Because God wants to give you really, really good things, I promise. So on all of us together, this is my hope that as we are asking that we can picture ourselves like it says in Hebrews 4. Daniel, if you'll put that up there for me. Picture ourselves walking into the throne room of God and looking at Jesus and saying, Father, this is what I want. Will you give me your good things? So during this next song, you guys can write write that down and know that there's always prayer in the back after the sermon. Um, But I'm gonna close reading this as you can kind of imagine yourself walking into the throne room of Jesus. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Amen. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for being so good. 
pray that you give us the boldness to ask. Thank you that you have said that we can seek your kingdom and that we can find you, find you on the journey, find you in the asking, find you in the seeking. Thank you for being our most, our best gift, for being so good. We love you. In your name, amen.